Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. You have me- may have seen headlines earlier this week about the tragic death of a 17-year-old girl in Holland by the name of Noah Pothoven. Pothoven authored her own memoir, recounting repeated sexual assaults in her young life and her subsequent experience with post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anorexia. According to the New York Times, last year, when Pothoven was 16, she approached an end-of-life clinic in the Netherlands seeking euthanasia or assisted suicide, but was rejected because her parents had been unaware of her request, and she needed their permission, according to a local newspaper profile published in December. A local newspaper in the Netherlands reported this last week that in a recent Instagram post made by Noah Pothoven that was later deleted, she said she had stopped eating and drinking and would be gone within 10 days because her suffering was unbearable. The earliest accounts of her death were that she had been euthanized at her request. Subsequent reports are that she was not euthanized but starved herself to death at home after much evaluation and discussion with her parents, family, and physicians. Reports remain a bit unclear, and the question stands as to whether or not her death was assisted or totally self-inflicted. Some definitions here might be helpful. Euthanasia is the act of putting to death a living thing, an animal, or a human. The reason or motive behind the life-ending measure is almost always said to be mercy, to put the living thing out of his or her misery. But euthanasia can be voluntary or involuntary. Certainly, the 20th century saw plenty of involuntary euthanasia, for example, at the hands of German Nazis who wanted to snuff out the lives and ethnicities they deemed unfit for procreation. Voluntary euthanasia is when someone wants to die and seeks the assistance of a doctor or another person to help them die. Whether the euthanasia is voluntary or involuntary, someone is making the decision and the argument that that life is no longer worth living. In further understanding and describing euthanasia, we need to know that there's active euthanasia and passive euthanasia. Active euthanasia usually means administering a drug or using some kind of medical procedure to bring about death. Passive euthanasia means that a person is basically allowed to die, so no one intervenes and they are not given care. Care is withdrawn. We don't know for sure about Noah Potoven. She sought out active euthanasia and was denied it, at least last year when she was 16. But this year, as a 17-year-old, she would have been allowed, without her parents' consent, to be euthanized. We're told, though, that she may have, in the end, actually just starved herself or sought out passive euthanasia to end her life this last week. The legality of euthanasia is increasing around the world. Active euthanasia or assisted suicide is legal in the following countries. The Netherlands, Belgium, Colombia, Luxembourg, Canada, Switzerland, Germany, and the Australian state of Victoria. In the United States, it's legal in the states of Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Hawaii, Vermont, Montana, Washington, D.C., New Jersey, California, and Maine as of yesterday. In Holland, it is legal for children between the ages of 12 and 16 to request and receive euthanasia as long as their parents consent. Did you hear that? Children between the ages of 12 and 16 can ask a doctor to help them commit suicide, and it is legal as long as their parents consent. For children who are between the ages of 16 and 18, their parents must at least be aware of the request, but they don't necessarily have to give consent. In both Holland and Belgium, euthanasia for children is allowed. Truly, the culture of death is gaining momentum around the world. As a global population, we are deeming the marginalized less and less worthy of protecting. 
Some say legalizing suicide will diminish private self-inflicted suicide, but the reality is when assisted suicide is legalized, non-assisted self-inflicted suicide rises. According to Breakpoint Today, which I will link in the show notes, a 2015 study by Oxford found that the United States in the U.S. United States, where physician-assisted suicide became legal, those states saw a 6.3% increase in total suicides. A 2017 study by Dutch researchers published in the Journal of Mental Health came to an even more startling conclusion. The option of euthanasia for people with psychiatric conditions does not reduce the number of non-assisted suicides, but rather contributes to a rise in their numbers. And I just want to make something clear here. I'm not talking here about artificially extending life. I'm not saying that it's only and always right to provide someone with life support or to extend their lives by any means necessary. No, that is another issue altogether. What I'm saying on this episode of All Things, what I'm talking about here is artificially ending a life prematurely. I believe as a people, at least in my state of Colorado and increasingly in this nation and around the globe, we have lost our moral compass when it comes to the value of irreplaceable, precious lives. We would rather eliminate the sufferer more than the suffering, rather than getting creative and persistent and persevering with ending suffering We want the shortcut. We want to seek to end the life of the sufferer instead. We have an obsession with being young and active and strong and self-determining. We value our autonomy so much we want to determine when and how we will die. We don't value lives that are outside these bounds, lives that are not young, not active, not strong. We see them as a burden. Whether the suffering is physical or emotional or mental, we have a sense as a society that if you can't be 100% independent and productive, then it's better to end it all. But here is what is true. Suicide is always wrong, whether it's legal, physician-assisted, or self-inflicted. According to LifeWay Research in 2016, and I suspect these numbers have only increased in the past few years, 67% of Americans say it is morally acceptable for terminally ill patients to ask their doctors for help in ending their lives. And in the church, 38% say this is morally acceptable. That's almost 40% of Christians claiming that it is okay to prematurely, unnaturally end a life if we deem that the suffering is too much. But I want to plea with my brothers and sisters in Christ to understand that suicide is always wrong. Terminating a life before its natural end is always wrong. Whether that life is yours, a friend's, a baby in the womb, a grandmother in the nursing home, a young but terminal cancer patient, or a loved one suffering emotionally or mentally, life is simply not yours or mine to take. And here are three reasons why. First, The Imago Dei present in all humans makes us special and set apart from other creatures on earth. In the creation account, we read that all animals were created according to their kind. But when man was created, he was made after God's kind. We humans are set apart. We are not like the rest of creation. You can ethically euthanize your dog, but not another human. God made us in his image. We bear his likeness. We are different. The Imago Dei is present in all humans, tiny, big, young, old, healthy, sick, white, brown, rich, poor, Western, Eastern, believer, atheist. We all image God. To deem one population as unworthy of life is to dismiss the image of God in that population. God's image is present in each human and cannot be denied, even in the pursuit of comfort. 
We image God when we create and govern and love and seek justice and alleviate suffering and exercise mercy. We image God when we create and protect life. Secondly, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. That's Romans 8, 28. And it's a very familiar verse, and I don't say it flippantly. My own family has endured great and terminal suffering. I have walked with dear friends through the valley of great emotional and mental distress, but I can honestly testify even in the aftermath and in the grief, it has all been for our good. You and I both know from personal experiences and from watching others that God grows us in our trials. He brings clarity and intimacy between us and himself. When we suffer, his glory is revealed, 1 Peter chapter 4 says. Our terminal illnesses, our mental health issues are not without reason. God tells us, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness in 2 Corinthians. When we pursue ending life early, we dismiss God's purposes. In our actions, we say to the Lord that our perspective of comfort is more important than His will for growing us in our trial. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, we can trust God's goodness and sovereignty because Jesus Himself suffered far beyond what we can imagine. On our behalf, He died in our place and He rose again, giving us ultimate victory over pain, over sin, and over death. We can trust the Father because He sent His Son to die for us, and we can trust the Son because He endured holy wrath on our behalf to make us sons and daughters of the Most High King. His character is good and kind and trustworthy. We must only look to the cross, friends, to be reminded that He has our best in mind at all times and in all things, even in our suffering. He works all things according to the counsel of His will, Ephesians 1.11 says. We can trust Him. Friends, we belong to each other. We are our brother's keepers. You and I are our brother's keepers. We cannot look away or be passive or agree when we know that a loved one wants to end his or her life prematurely. It's our duty to help them survive, to hold up their arms when they are weak and tired. And we cannot look away as the culture of death expands in our age. Noah Pothoven should not have been encouraged or allowed to die. As an image bearer and a single irreplaceable, precious life, she deserved to have all resources and measures taken to lessen her suffering. She deserved more. She deserved a family, a community, a globe that would fight on her behalf. We cannot fall asleep here, church. 40% of us cannot assent to suicide being a moral option ever. This issue is not just in Holland. It is in our own communities, our own schools, our own families, even our own churches. How will you actively cherish life? Where might God be calling you and calling me to protect His vulnerable and suffering image bearers? Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now.